I don't know. I certainly thought this when I wasn't on this journey yet. I'm like, oh, people just, they have it all figured out. Like they're hosting retreats. They have these big launches. They've got these big podcasts. Like they're on the journey. Like they don't deal with this stuff. And I'm like, oh no. (laughs) Like (laughs) this is so real. The bigger the leap in your leadership, the bigger the mirror and the confrontation of all your shit that you bring. And I curse on here. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That you bring that comes with it. This is the Illuminate Podcast, and I am your host, Rebecca Boatman. I am fascinated with human relationships, from going on first dates to understanding attachment styles and how our personal spiritual mission plays a big role in all of it. I created this podcast to invite you into conversations with inspiring leaders and I as we explore different topics surrounding dating, relationships, money, and spirituality. Before we start, make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And my one ask and a great way that you can contribute to the podcast is to leave a five-star review. And now let's jump in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's episode with Rachel Gibbler, who is a transformational coach, spiritual teacher, breathwork facilitator, and host of the top 12 globally ranked podcast, It's Effing Spiritual. Rachel and I actually became friends on Instagram, and then I met her at my dear friend Angie's engagement party and knew I had to have her on the show. So her story is, after losing her father in a tragic accident as a teenager, Rachel spiraled into years of alcohol abuse and an abusive relationship that left her feeling worthless. After experiencing her own accident in 2017, she became determined to rewrite her story and change the trajectory of her life. Years into studying the subconscious mind, somatic work, and inner child healing, she began to share her teachings to help others transform in the way she did. Unfiltered and uncensored, she takes a real, raw, and relatable approach on how to transform your life. Through her podcasts, retreats, and group coaching programs, Rachel is dedicated to helping women release the shame of their past, rewrite their narrative, and manifest a life that feels just as good as it looks. And now let's begin. so glad we're doing this. Yes. I know. Okay, you guys. I met Rachel recently. and oh, we're filming. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm picking my yeah. socks off. And we were going to hang out. Yeah. But I said, I told Rachel, I said, wait, let's just have our first, ep- our first hangout be the podcast because I know we're going to go over everything and I yeah. want it to be recorded. Yes. So, okay. I met you. We talked online. Yeah. And then I met you at Angie's engagement party. Yes. And I just knew that I loved you. Yes. And I wanted to get to know more about you and yeah. your just a beautiful, bright essence. And mm. I know you're supporting so many people right now on their path in spirituality and I want and their growth and their healing. Even though I technically don't use the word healing a lot. But yeah. talk to me, girl. So tell me your whole life story. Oh, my God. Okay, so starting <laughs> from the beginning, big question. And and uh, first off, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to get to drop in with you because I felt the same the second that I, I'd seen you online. We connected online. And I already knew you had such a bright light. And then we met. And I'm like, soul sister. Like, yeah, yeah it's like such a – our vibes just – it worked. Yeah. It just worked. So I'm so excited to do this today. And uh, to give you kind of the crash course on my story and everybody listening, um, I grew up to two incredible parents and uh, grandma as well, and I was an only child. <laughs> so I had a full house of, of parents, essentially, that were really incredible. Um, I had an incredible foundation with them. 
but I was, uh, I would have considered myself atheist, like, or agnostic. Like I didn't really believe yeah. anything outside of myself. I didn't have too much of a framework and it, life was relatively simple um, and easy. And I ha- was very fortunate to have that type of upbringing Mm-hmm. And everything kind of took a turn and came crashing down when I was 16 years old. And my father was killed in a freak accident. Mm. And my whole family was basically broken apart. So I went from this very intact home to basically really no parents around wow. um, because of things that transpired after his death uh, six months later by the time I was 17. So wow. it was quite a jarring um initiation into early adulthood and uh, went off and and that kind of led way for me to be start acting out and playing out some traumas that I had been been through with drug and alcohol abuse and abusive relationships and just like feeling a deep sense of unworthiness for about eight years. And um, that was my collective of long, dark night of the soul, if you yeah. will. <laughs> and during all of this, um, I've always had a certain level of conviction and connected to now what I would say a source outside of myself, but I wouldn't have used that language at the time. Yeah. And the day my father died, I had this voice and this knowing that said, this won't be all for nothing. Like mm. One day you're going to tell this story. And I've stuffed it down and I put it in the back of my head and I started drinking, yep. started partying, whatever. And each time I'd get myself in a situation that was not good, mm-hmm. I'd have that voice again. One day you're going to tell this story. This won't be all for nothing. And that voice happened throughout that eight years until I found myself 23 years old, working a corporate job, 88 hours a week for somebody else. Wow. and in sales and going out on the weekends and blacking out and having party friends and, you know, just not really having any groundedness to my life. And I had that knowing, that voice again, and I was like, God, I just need, I wish time would stop so I can think, so I can figure out how I can make something of this story and something that's happened to me. And your wish is my command, the universe provided, and I got in a freak accident. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. Because it forced me to take three months medical leave and time got to stop. Mm. I could think about what I wanted to do with my life. And that voice happened again and it said, use this time wisely and this won't have been all for nothing. And that was the moment I decided to change my life. And I Googled how to be happy. (laughs) That's where I started. (laughs) I didn't know. I'd never even heard the term self-development. I didn't know mindset work was out there. I didn't know, right? So that led way to finding mindset work and very much the front door of self-development to like affirmations and setting goals. And, you know, I studied how people thought and really looked for expanders. Mm -hmm. Unknowingly, that's what I was doing. I was looking for people that had walked the path of drug and alcohol abuse and abusive relationships and how they had overcome it to eventually then, you know, create something of their story. I started studying people. Funny enough, and I told Angie this now, but I went to Pays to Be Brave, Angie's event. Oh, so I was there too. Were you? The yeah. very first one? The very first one. Wow. Yeah, I, I, w- my partner at the time was speaking at it. And so I went and met her briefly. And he was always like, because he, that's how I met Angie. And he's yeah. like, you guys are like two aliens. You're going to be the best of friends. So that was the first time I actually ever met her was going to the event. 
funny. So we were at the oh, same friends at the event. How many years ago? Yeah, I was so like, that was five years ago. Yeah. Almost five years ago now, I think. It'll be five years ago in like October. Okay, wow. Yeah. And the, it was such a pivotal part of my story because what's so funny is that like waking up to this work, it's like I, I didn't have any social media at the time because I was hiding from that abusive relationship. I didn't want to be online. I didn't want to be seen. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, so I didn't have social media. I wasn't an entrepreneur. And I found, or she was like one of the first podcasts I ever found when I started to do this work. Mm-hmm. And she's talking and she says, you know, I'm, I'm hosting an event this weekend. I'm listening on like a Tuesday, yeah. right? Like this weekend, I still have tickets. And it was like this, you know, when you're guided by something and it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, I should just do this. <laughs> it's pulling your go, body. Yeah, you're you're like, okay, I have to go. <laughs> I book a ticket. I fly out by myself, which at the time was terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. didn't know anybody. I'm like, there's no way. Like everybody else is like an entrepreneur. This is what I'm thinking in my mm-hmm. head. Um, and I'm not going to fit in, whatever. And I go and I, I stay with some women that I met in a Facebook group. And meet Angie at a meet and greet, which is hilarious to me now that, like, we met at her engagement party. And I've t- since told her the story. Yeah. Like, this is hilarious. And, uh, and yeah, and those women that I stayed with, I told them that my desire was to share my story and hopefully help people and see what that turns into. And they said, do not leave here without posting your first Instagram. And I was terrified. Mm. And so my very first ever Instagram post was at Pays to be Brave. Wow. And me ripping the Band-Aid. And, and from that point on, I was like, I'm going to write myself into this narrative. And like, I'm going to become something okay. and be on this level or whatever at the levels that I thought of at the time, yeah. right? Um, and yeah, now we're here we are five years later. And it's, <laughs> it's wow. like, yeah. Yeah. So it's really funny how it, how we really have the power to create anything that we want in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm a walking example of that. And, you know, a lot has happened in between then and now yeah. over five years. Um, I didn't start my brand until two years ago, but the second I did and I was in alignment, it just yeah. took off. Yeah. So what's the main thing now with your brand that you, mm-hmm. in your movement that you support people with? Yeah. So I help, honestly, what I really do is I help people come back home to themselves. Yeah. And there's different modalities in which I do that. I taught manifestation for a long time through the lens of subconscious reprogramming and quantum physics. Yeah. Um, and Really, as I walked this path, um, I wanted to make sense of it through science. And so rather than this like woo-woo spirituality, I take these very like esoteric and woo-woo concepts and I break them down and make them real raw and relatable and I bring Mm -hmm. science to them. Yeah. So that's kind of what I do on my show. And um, for a long time, it's actually shifting now, like my next programs of what I'm going to do because I did very top-down approach, which was like very mindset heavy, subconscious reprogramming heavy, hypnotherapy, like a lot of that is what I originally built everything upon. Yeah. And then I got to a certain place about a year ago, realizing I had created a lot of the success that I wanted. I had checked a lot of things off on my vision board. And yet I couldn't fully feel the success that I'd created for myself Mm. and realized it wasn't the key in the ticket. And that's when I got really deeply into somatics and embodiment, Mm -hmm. the bottom up approach. Yeah. And so I'm now really walking that path and beginning to marry the two. And so we'll see what ends up coming of it. But it's really about creating a life that feels as good as it looks. 
I love that, yeah. babe. Yeah. And then when you say somatic, will you share it with people? Because some people listening are probably familiar with that. And some people, it's like, what, what is this? Tell me more. Yeah. So will you tell us what your favorite form, share with people what somatic therapy is and then what your favorite th- form of it is? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So the soma is the body. So it's basically getting into the body and feeling and processing through feeling rather than being very cerebral, which a lot of like mindset work is so cerebral, right? It's very like... You know, look Think at your thought and reprogram <laughs> your subconscious, which like there is such a place for that. It's extremely powerful. And yet if we're ignoring the sensations that are in our body and I'm still a student, such deeply a student of this work um, and so currently going through getting certified in it with Peter Levine. Who's wow. Amazing. He's yeah. The, he's the founder. The go- yes. We're somatic. Yes, exactly. He's creator. Exactly. So he's I'm going amazing. through that process. Yeah. But I've, a lot of this I've done on my own. I'm certified in somatic breath work with Duna Steven. Yeah, I did it too. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay, yeah. Great. Yeah. So breath work would be my main modality right now, just specifically in, in holding space for others because that's what I'm certified in doing. Um, and it's been really pivotal in myself and getting into my body. But for anybody listening to this, you know, we are taught so much as a society to be so cerebral. You know, we are like very much goals, affirmations, your mindset, like kind of overriding the body sensations. But what we know is that like the book, The Body Keeps the Score, everything that you've ever gone through in your life is imprinted in the cells of your body. Mm-hmm. And so even if you don't remember, I hear this a lot of t- a lot of times in my work, like, I don't have any memories. I don't remember the f- – because w- we'll ask, like, in, in a lot of subconscious work or NLP work, like, do you remember the first time that you felt that emotion? Yeah. And a lot of people can't remember it, myself included. So I was extremely frustrated with, um, with some of this work where I was like, I don't remember. Yeah. But our bodies remember. So if you can tap into the sensation and into the feeling, um, even without the implicit memory, you know, or explicit memory, then you're able to open up a lot of that work without having to know or remember. And I found from there, you know, memories tend to resurface too, which is crazy. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Have you had that in breathwork? I've like remembered some crazy stuff in breathwork. I had. um, So do you know Charmaine? Uh, the facial girl yes oh she's coming to my house she's- have you seen her yet yeah she's amazing the buccal yeah, Mas- yeah. Okay. oh yeah so that's buccal if you think about it yeah. it's somatic so mm. when i'm i've in, in breath work um yes i'll definitely have images and yeah. one of the most profound ones i've actually been working with her where she is just, just doing it's called you know cranial sacral yeah. like that basically the idea or what happens is um they're reenacting the womb so helping you feel safe again mm. like as if you're in the womb and all the different points they touch on your head and she touched on my body and just I would and they they were just images of I'm like oh wow there is stuck energy right there from an event that I didn't think had any emotion but yeah. obviously it was neutral and whatever I picked up something or I experienced something and held on to it mm. so even with working with her was was another powerful way that I didn't expect because I wasn't going in for that you know, and I didn't, I didn't have the, I wasn't attaching, right? Because the mind will be like, I need to, I need to know, I need to right. know when you're not having that. It's like yeah. things, your body can then show you things. So, yeah. and even when she touched certain points on my back, I'm like, whoa, 
It's wild. She's good. She's yeah, good. she's so good. <laughs> I know. She books so quick. Yeah, she really I had does. a session with her book, but then I had to fly to Washington. I was like, damn it. And I had to, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm going to miss you, Charmaine. Yeah, but. she's so great. She's like the best, most motherly, great, yeah. like loving energy. For those that don't know, she's a massage therapist yeah. here in Austin that <laughs> like, everybody uses. Yeah. 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 I don't even know her last name, so. I don't either. You Plus, I'm selfishly like, she's already so booked. I know. <laughs> I know, right? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We, we, can't, we can't give her out her info. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would if you yeah, we would. In, in DM, yeah. DM us. So um, tell us for the listeners when you say, okay, I will tap into my body and like feel instead of trying to think and then naturally it will happen. Will you kind of walk us through, yeah, just so people can have those reference points of what that actually looks like or feels like or the process? Yeah, sure. So this is a practice that I've begun to do in my life and mm-hmm. What I think the listeners maybe might relate to um, is we can be like go 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 all the time, right? Yeah. Do 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 constant and and really override the things that we're feeling in our body. Or for me personally, I wasn't even fully aware of what my body was trying to tell me for years. I had been so disassociated from my body, and I think collectively, um, that's a kind of a collective crisis. Is that so many of us are so tuned out from our body and so cerebral, or so disassociated? And so, for me, it's looked like slowing down, really creating space in my moment to moment and in my life intentionally to be able to tune into what my body is feeling and or telling me. Yeah. And for years, I didn't want to slow down. And I didn't ever want to be alone. That was a big thing for me as well. I wanted to be out. I wanted to be with people. I wanted to, you know, I'm very extroverted. Yeah. And I and I always just like, oh, it's just because I'm extroverted. Mm-hmm. But when I began to do this work, I realized, oh, it's because I don't want to feel. Yeah. I don't want to actually feel what's going on. And so slowing down, quieting, not having it to look any certain way. And like I do this every morning where I sit with myself And I will just like maybe put a hand on my heart, a hand on my stomach, and I'll breathe in and out of my nose Mm -hmm. because the nose, like when, as you know, with somatic breath work, when you exhale out of the nose, it elongates the exhale, which brings you down into a parasympathetic state Mm -hmm. rather than the sympathetic like fight or flight, Mm -hmm. you know, that we we can often be in, um, brings you down. And then I just kind of do a body scan and I'll like do a scan of either from my toes up through my crown or vice versa just kind of like notice any sensations that I'm having in the body and even if you're doing this if you're listening to this and you take even pause it and do this for you know a couple minutes and do a scan notice if you have like a tightness in your chest do you have a feeling in your stomach do you have do you notice something in your throat or maybe in your crown and like I'll breathe into that space Mm. And just allow it to kind of like expand. And you kind of, you have to feel this. Otherwise it sounds kind of weird. Uh, it can sound kind of weird. And yeah, just notice what comes up and then just see without expectation. And I think not having expectation of what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. And allowing yourself to go there before maybe you understand why you're doing it in the mind. That's been a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to know why. Why are we doing this? But, like, what is it supposed to look like? I'm like, I'm an achiever. Like, yeah, 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 let yeah. me make sure I do it right. It's a goal you know? done. Every yeah, right, right. Exactly. Am I there yet? Yeah. Which and is the masculine and the feminine. It, and the, it is. Going into the body. Exactly. It is. Yeah. So surrendering and relinquishing control is really big inside of this specific work because – you got to do some 
exploring to see what's there. And healing in the body isn't on a specific timeline, which has been frustrating and beautiful for me all at once. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, so do you ever, okay, in doing this and choosing to come into the body and to just feel and do this somatic work, which is so powerful. And one of my favorite people in the entire world, his name's Jason. He lives in Sedona. I freaking love him. He says something very similar. He's like, we are in an epidemic of people not occupying their bodies. And when you don't occupy your body, you actually don't have consequences for your actions. You don't feel the consequences Mm. for your actions because you're not inside. You're not feeling. So sometimes when you see these horrendous accidents and we think, how could someone do that? Oh, wow. They're not inside their body at all. Yeah. And then what I found in coming back into my body was like everything that I had stacked up that I never felt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you go through. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, you do. <laughs> I am like on the tail end of that right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wild. Oh, I got chills when you said that because it's very true. Okay, my friends, I'm briefly pausing this episode to invite you to something very special. If you are ready to access bravery and to challenge your current sense of self and to step into and embody your new sense of self, one that is a frequency match for the partnership, for the things, for the life that you desire, then I invite you to explore my Meet the Frequency membership that is full of powerful step-by-step workshops to help you become a frequency match for the life that you desire. The link is in the description below and you can use code ILLUMINATE for $20 off. And now back to the episode. So the lightness, tell me like, cause I, I feel like with people listening, I don't, you know, I don't want to scare you guys to not go on this journey. Right? <laughs> like you, you want, it's so worth it. I yeah. want to talk about that too. Like, yeah. oh, like the freedom and the liberation and the, what you feel on the other side of your willingness to feel mm. is profound. Yeah. And I would love to hear your experience in that. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm like a super open book. I'm almost yeah. maybe too honest, <laughs> but I'm just really real on the fact that I'm still going through this journey. Yeah. So I want people to know that. And I don't, I don't know if I'll ever sit here and say I'm, I'm completely on the other side. Um, I'm sure there's ebbs and flows of that. I think that we go through, um, at least for me and my experience of doing this work, not just somatically, but just in doing the work, you know, in general tends to be cyclical, at least for me, where it's this upward spiral where I'm like, oh, I'm over it and everything's, you know, really good. And then I hit another wave yeah. and I'm like, oh, there's another wave and I'm learning that same thing again. So, um, yeah, so I want to be really honest and say that, like, I'm still walking this journey and I'm feeling like I'm coming out the other side of it and I surrender to the waves of it. But, um for me and what i why this is so important to me is because why are we creating anything in our life because we think that we're going to feel a certain way when we get it right mm-hmm. so i used to teach you know you see manifestation taught um in the realm of like vision board and decide what you want and align to the feeling of having it and all these things and that's great but why do you want the stuff on your vision board? I used to teach that too until I got a lot of the stuff and I realized this didn't make me feel any different. Yeah. Why is that, right? So for me, going on the journey of healing somatically and learning to feel is the only way because otherwise you're going to get the stuff, you're going to check the boxes, you're going to climb the ladder, you're going to do the things that society expects you to do, and then you're not going to be able to feel it. 
Yeah. So what it looks like for me is getting to feel the full range and spectrum of emotion, which is the feeling of an experience of being alive. Mm-hmm. So if we want to feel the joy and the abundance and the good and the connection, then we also have to be willing to feel the grief and the yeah. pain and the all of the range of emotions that we're really here to experience. That's why we came into this human experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, healing that, it looks like I have to be willing to feel all the stuff that I've stuffed down, like to your point, for so long once yeah. I got into my body and learning how to feel it and process that out so that I can make space for the joy and the abundance and the connection that I actually desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I I love that you said the word grief. Yeah. I think that's so – it's such an important topic mm-hmm. to uh, like to be willing to – go into that Mm. yeah and to be and it feels like it's the doorway and the reason I like asking okay what's on the other side so if if we're just processing things with our mind and and like you said in the beginning and then I learned oh I can actually do things somatically I can feel and and then knowing okay what is the benefit of that I feel like when we know that benefit then we are it supports us in going on that journey. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned, you know, it is. Then you you can go, or when I put it in my words, it's like, yeah, I can go into the grief and then feel the freedom on the other side of my mm. willingness yeah. to fully dissolve that. And being in it is like being a human while we're here, we're gonna collect more things. We're gonna have more exactly. experiences that require us to go back in to learn and to gain, extract the wisdom and then and then come out. Exactly. <laughs> Every time I'm like, it's kind of never ending, but isn't that the fun of it? Yeah. <laughs> like, what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the, it, and it, you said waves, which I think yeah. is so good. You Because I think of an actual wave. You're going, it's, mm-hmm. you have the highs and certain feelings, and then you have the contractions and you have the fear and you have, or the mm-hmm. things that present themselves. And if we understand that there's this wave that happens and we yeah. embrace it rather than, Almost like, um, yeah, resisting it and then not coming into this full experience. There's a, it's a whole different way of living. And I think it's so beautiful that you said aliveness. It's like, okay, what's what's the opposite of aliveness? Mm. Not, yeah. Yeah. Well, life is like a heartbeat. It goes up and it goes down. And mm-hmm. that's the experience of being alive. We don't want it to, we don't want a flat line. Yeah. You know, and so I constantly am coming back to that. And and I think there's so much surrender and beauty in knowing that it's always going to be like a heartbeat until our very last breath. Yeah. We're not trying to climb. Like I'm not, I've surrendered to that, uh, that part of life is that like, I'm not trying to only have the joy and the happiness and all of that without the other emotions because yeah. being alive is that it's always going to be 50-50 no matter what. Because that's the point. That's the point of being human. And so I think when we understand that, we can surrender when we feel the lows a little bit more and know that it always goes back up. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 that wave. It's that heartbeat. Wow. Mm-hmm. So tell us, like, when do you feel the most alive? And I don't know if that's a really broad question, but. Oh, I love that question. Let me, like, check in. When do I feel? Honestly, when I'm connected in service. Mm. like. When my life, when I'm not living my life just for me, but I'm living in service of a mission and a purpose that's greater than myself, 
Yeah. So like when I'm outside of like my ego and what are people thinking and what yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. what are the numbers on this or what you know like <laughs> any of that stuff and when I'm because when I'm in that space I'm never fully embodied and and alive in my own purpose but when yeah. all of that's out the window like when I hosted I hosted a retreat for 15 women last spring that was like one of some of the most alive moments I'd ever felt to like see the like fruits of the creation that was like had really nothing to do with me and really just all of these women and their willingness to surrender and do this work and to like be able to facilitate and get completely out of my own shit and just in service inside (laughs) of this experience like those times when I'm connected like that's when I feel most alive. I want to connect it with another human. And we're like just like talking about all these things of what it means to be human. And like yeah. I feel so, yeah, so alive in those moments. So leading up to the retreat, I'm yeah. curious. And I totally relate when you're just in it and yeah. you're just serving and you're and you're watching all these breakthroughs and ahas. Leading up to it, how did you feel? Were you in that space or were you was your ego stressed out or it's really interesting. I mean, it was the first one that I had dev- ever done, and yeah. I did it on my own. I mean, I had a team, but it wasn't like I was co-hosting it with anybody. So there was pressure there, I think, of like a natural human. Like, I want to make sure this experience is really beautiful and great. Yeah. Um, but I think I felt pretty surrendered. Yeah. I'll say it's really funny and interesting that actually when I – it didn't hit me until everybody arrived. And then all of my shit, like, yeah. came up for, like, a, like the first night after our first VIP dinner. I was like, oh, my God, this is for four days. And I'm facilitating <laughs> this whole thing. What have I done? Am I ready for this? You know? Yeah. And so it, I think I, like, didn't quite understand the magnitude of what I was hosting. Like, mm-hmm. I did. But I – and I have attended many retreats and I've co-facilitated at ones that aren't mine, you know, but this one was mine. And these were all women that were coming from my community that had listened to my podcast that were, I was meeting in in person for the first time. And there were so many steps logistically that needed to happen in order to really pull this off. And I'm like, I'm very bougie in the Mm -hmm. way that I want to do things. I'm like, we're going to have all the things and like pull out all the stops. So I like wanted to make make sure everything was good. And so I think I was so in that space that like I was calibrating and like feeling into the weekend and feeling into the women. And I knew kind of the exercises that we were going to do. And I I had this rigid structure that I like wanted Mm. it to be, which is so funny now. I look back and it totally threw it out the window because I followed the energy. But, but, um, I don't think I realized the magnitude until we were there. Yeah. And then that first night, I'll be like so honest. And if any of my girls that were there listen to this, like I'm I'm really real about everything. That first night afterward, I like, oh my God. Oh shit. Like <laughs> these women flew all over the country. And like I gotta make sure that I'm like on top of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And everybody's meeting me for the first time that had listened to my podcast for a year and a half. And they're like, yeah. oh my God, I've listened to all these things. And they all knew a bunch of my story. And I'm like, it's so crazy because mm. we sit here and we podcast, but it's not yeah. like we have an audience. And so I like, and I wasn't filming at that time on video. My first 111 episodes that we did were me staring at a wall, riffing into my freaking phone, like really grassroots, um, like on voice memo. <laughs> that was like literally <laughs> how I recorded my podcast. And um, and so to see it come to life mm. was beautiful and overwhelming yeah. at first. 
And then something clicked inside me and I woke up that first like official morning and I like had a come to Jesus moment in the mirror with myself and was like, all right, like you jumped off this deep end and like you are going to show up and create this safe con- container for these women. It's like I do really well with my back against the wall, like <laughs> yeah. secret swim, bitch. Like, you know, <laughs> kind of chills, yeah. yeah, and I walked out and it was like some type of like mother bear, like I am – I am responsible for creating the safety inside of this container and their nervous system is going to calibrate to mine and how I'm being in this moment. Yeah. And it like clicked inside of me and I walked out and was like, okay. And then I was in this like space of just pure, like, mm. yeah, for four days I was like, I was locked in mm. and then it was beautiful. But yeah, that first night I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, the first time I read a retreat, I got yeah. hives. Oh my gosh. Fucking you! Nervous? Yes, I was so nervous. My, I and they were on my face. They weren't even like I could cover them. They were coming, and I was so. And I was like, I think I honestly, I think I made some shit up, which I don't usually make shit (laughs) up. I think I said I like put the wrong lotion on or something. (laughs) (laughs) Looking back, I was oh my goodness. And these were all people that knew knew me, but my rings caught. It's pressure in that space when it's you. Gosh, I and I even had like before I had a coach at the time, and I was unwilling to do a retreat. And then she was like, "What is your deal?" Mm. You know, because I had. Been and I was just like, and then she got it was like there was like all this other stuff, you know, that presents itself yeah. that I got to work through. And and but I, you know, it's so beautiful to look back. And I like exploring this because I feel with every level, there's like almost like the you're allowing the body to to catch up almost. Yes. Where where it's like, oh, I want that, I'm gonna do this. And then the body can be, you're like, oh, hang on, but I, I, it's like I, me, meaning the spirit, the soul in me is like, no, this is what we're creating. And then the body can sometimes say, like, oh no, comfort. Yeah. And try to like, and well, I used to fuck make myself get sick because yeah. I didn't want to do shit in that. Yes. And then I, you know, it's like, oh wait, I'm manifesting that because I'm there's something that's trying to keep me. And I can say, oh no, this is actually mm-hmm. uh-uh, body. Yep. Get on this board. We're going over here. I'm yes. calibrating this frequency. We're getting a shit done. Yeah. I don't care. How you feel? No, yeah. no, obviously respect it. It's you know? a dance. It's such a <laughs> dance. And and to your point, and it's it's so true. Every with every up level, like I think people, or maybe people don't think this, but I don't know. I certainly thought this when I ha- wasn't on this journey yet. I'm like, oh, people just they have it all figured out. Like they're hosting retreats, they have these big launches, they've got these big podcasts. Like they're on the journey. Like they don't deal with this stuff. And I'm like. Oh no. Like <laughs> this is so real. The bigger the leap in your leadership, the bigger the mirror and the confrontation of all your shit that you bring. And I curse on here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that you bring that comes with it. Right. And in what I've experienced and what you're saying, like with the body, the nervous system has to expand its capacity for what it can hold. And every time you're stretching yourself, you're stretching that part of you that hasn't been able to expand to hold and create that foundation yet. And so all of the stuff comes up again. It's like that cyclical cycle. Mm -hmm. Like I thought I had worked through a lot of my fears of being seen. Mm -hmm. And then in that space, I'm like, oh, there it is again. You know, like, but I, I think also knowing and doing this work you begin to have the tools of like okay i can breathe into the space i can hold i'm not myself. gonna die i'm not gonna die i can yeah. remind myself that we're gonna be okay and yeah yeah and and a lot of my stuff has come up this year because you know i don't know if you witnessed this i know you grew relatively quickly as well mm-hmm. and um when i started to have more eyes on me 
it really brought up a lot of stuff because I was like, oh man, I, I want to make sure I'm I'm doing this right. And I'm really in integrity with like all the things that I'm doing and teaching and like, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, not ever accidentally fucking anybody up. <laughs> I don't know. I got really scared for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, all my stuff came up. Wow. And then did you do the somatic work? You'd sit with yourself and you'd feel mm-hmm. through it and you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I sat with myself with the fear of being, like really working through the fear of being seen and mm-hmm. the fear of like having a lot of people or, and a, really the fear of responsibility mm-hmm. too. Like that was a big one that came up for me. Wow. So it was like, there was a you know, I did baby business, and then all of a sudden I was big business, and I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> this is a lot wow. and beautiful, but yeah. Wow. Worked through a lot of that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something else. Um, There's something else I had. It'll come back to me. It was like right here. I was like, well, right here, and then it disappeared. Sorry, I just keep talking. No, You're no, like, no. You cut me off. No, it's not you at all. It'll, it'll come back, and it was meant yeah. to come back, and they can, they'll can they edit this part and stuff, which is nice. Thanks, Mike and Grant. Yeah. <laughs> Always the best. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um. Oh, and I wanted to, what was it? Might come back. Oh, oh, what I was going to share with you was when, go, you know, moving through a ton of, grief and anger and rage Mm. and some of like literally where I was like oh my gosh I didn't even it's interesting because at one point I remember in the middle of the night like probably when I I don't maybe like six years ago Jonah my dog would bark and I I, in the middle of the night I'd be like shit like I would yell at him like and then I'm like oh my gosh how could I yell at him like and then Mm. I I would yell so loud to the point where I was scared of my own yeah I would I would scare myself. Mm. And that's like, oh wow, I was actually like afraid of my own anger. And so because if you suppress rage and you su- or, sorry, you suppress anger and frustration, it turns to rage. Yeah. And then for that to come out. Yeah. But the power in the the willingness to go into it and express it whether it's actually right like moving it out and 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 expressing it and letting it just move through your body. Yeah. It's like a cleansing. It is. That happens. And when I led at Fit for Service, mm-hmm to support in dating and relationships and there it was all service right you talk about the heartbeat like being in all service and 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 my, mind you prior to that was moving a lot and still move through things but so much i feel like it was the first time i i was i just avoided anger my whole life yeah <laughs> you know i was like i'm not going there like some people were comfortable with it i was i i had shut it down anyways fast forward to after being in service all weekend i um i had the most powerful dream of my entire life. Mm. Like the most powerful dream where I had, where I was experiencing situations in my real life that were were inviting me to expand my heart more, to move through worthiness in this stuff, to open up. And in my dream, they came to me, these people, and they just put their hand on me and they looked at me with just eyes of love, like just so much love and and their their love was pouring from their heart into my heart and it was like this stream of light that was flowing through their back into their heart these two people and then in through mine and it was like the most ecstasy and bliss i had ever <laughs> you know, keep going i'd ever felt yeah. in my body ever and mm, yeah and so i then wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm having the best dream ever. So that I'm, I go back into it. Now I'm lucid, and I'm lucid, and I'm feeling the most bliss and the most ecstasy and the best feeling I'd ever felt 
in my life. Wow. And and now I have I I have full body goosebumps. Yeah, I got goosebumps too when you were talking. Because I can I can I can go right back there. I can mm-hmm. bring myself right back there. And the message from that dream was there's literally one heart. Yeah. There's literally one heart. And had I, and the gift, I just remember being in those feelings of the grief and the rage and being like, oh my gosh, like this is so unbearable at times. But I, it was my part of my path. And and with the willingness to continue to go into it, it's like, oh wow, it would feel like I cleansed the space yeah. for that lightness to have room to come in and fill my vessel. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so incredibly powerful. And, and I started like, freaking out because I was like, I have the same story. Um, similar. But that's exactly what you did was that you you cleared that out that created space. Like we aren't meant to be empty. We empty it out and it has to fill with something else. And that's like that repatterning and that what you filled that back up with. And that's like epitome of doing this work, mm-hmm. right? And the duality of it too. And the reason I like perked up when I was listening to this is because I had a dream similarly where it was after my grandmother died. And these dreams are so vivid. And I've done some research. I'm no dream expert by any means, but just like for my own personal research, because I'm so interested, where whenever you have a dream that's so vivid and you can remember it, it it is said that like that's something that's really happening in this ethereal realm. Rather than, you know, we have dreams all the time each night and it's our subconscious and we kind of wake up and we forget them and whatever. But when you – like you can still vividly remember that dream. Yeah. Right. So when that happens, that is indicative of like something in your sleeping state and wherever your consciousness was, was a true experience that happened. And this similarly happened to me when my grandmother passed – um, and I have her dog now. So she, when she was passing, she asked, will I take the dog? And I said, yes, of course, you know. And so he became my dog. And so he's with me and um, we sleep together every night. And just one night I have this dream. And it's like maybe a week or two after she passed and she came to me in the dream and she's laying in my bed and Oliver, her dog, is like, curled up kind of like right here next to her Mm. and she says Rachel like I'm okay and Mm. I'm I'm good look where I am and she extends her arm to me and so I grab her arm and the moment that I touch her arm we're kind of like this you know I touch her arm and it this overwhelming amount of like love and ecstasy and like light fill my whole body and that's why I perked up when you said that because I'm like did you uh, did you feel it you know like I felt it and it was this like I like almost unbearable amount of love Mm -hmm. but not unbearable in a bad way but just like overtook me overwhelming like I've never experienced anything like that feeling on this planet it was like and i became the whole universe like with her and we just became love mm. and then it everything went and it came right back in and then i just started hysterically laughing with her and she's like see this <laughs> 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 <is> crazy <laughs> i was like whoa and then i wake up and i woke up and oliver was curled up next to me exactly where he was on her in the dream and it was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. Wow. And just that same message of like, we're all from one 
loving source yeah. consciousness and return back, you know, into that ethereal realm. Yeah. Um, or at least that's what I believe and what I experienced inside of that dream. And mm. it's it was, yeah, deeply profound and moving to have that. It's so her. beautiful. Yeah. It's when, so wild. When you say like overwhelming love, mm. it's like I could just keep hearing. It's like that love's always trying to, always here wanting to meet us. Yeah. And this somatic work that Rachel's talking about that's available is, I, I, I do, is, is becoming so popular right now because it's supporting us being able to receive that love and to yes. raise and to become an, I don't usually say raise vibration because I like to say like coherence, like to yeah. come into a coherence, to come into balance. And, um, okay since we're on the dream topic i feel like you guys and the listeners will love this so in 2014 my stepdad commit suicide Mm. and it was very traumatic for our family right he was very traumatic and you know um yeah he had gone crazy right before he died and thought he would you know it's saying like totally different person went cuckoo Mm. like saying things like um you know i'm jesus christ and like very you know had ended up in insane and a mental ward and it was it was just really tough time ended up you know dying and you know committing suicide and and three months later okay i'm with my boyfriend in at the time in north dakota because he worked on the oil fields and i'm up there visiting him i go to sleep okay so i go to sleep and i'm i i start to dream and i'm dreaming i'm so this is my dream in my dream i'm driving to the the house that i grew up in where where ron my stepdad and my mom and my sister are i'm driving to but ron's past right in my dream so i'm driving to go see my my family and i get pulled over by a cops two cops a girl cop and a boy cop and they, when they pull me over, I'm like bawling. I'm like, I'm going to go see my family. And I'm just so, you know, I'm like hysterical. And they were like, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, they were just supporting me. So it's like, okay, you know, and then I drive and I get to Slater Road where my mom and my sister actually live, you know, and I'm like, they're seeing them. And and all of a sudden I get, a, or I'm there to see them. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen either of them yet, but I, I get a call. I'm inside the Slater Road house in my dream. I get a call and the call is like, hey, it's Ron. And I was like, where are you? Where are you? And he goes, he goes, I, I, I want to let you know I'm okay. Like, I want to check in on you and, and the, your mom and sister and our, our um, I, and, and I said, where are you? He goes, I'm at Slater Road. And I go, right. I'm like, I'm not really understanding. Right. And I go, no, I'm at Slater Road. I go, you're not here. And I'm like, where are you? And he's like, I'm at Slater Road. And he kept telling me this. And I'm like, so I'm arguing with him in my dream. Right. And I go, and I was like, let me put you on the phone with mom. So I walk out because we have a shop on the property and I hand the phone to my mom and my mom just starts bawling, right? So this is on my dream at Slater Road. Then I wake up and now I'm in real life, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in North Dakota. And in real life, my mom's at Slater Road. So I text my mom and I say, mom, call me as soon as you can get a chance. So this is real life. My mom calls me and I said, mom, I had a dream and it was Ron and he kept telling me that he was at Slater Road. And she goes... Last night was the first night I ever dreamt of him, and he was laying in bed holding me. Oh, I have chills. Whoa. So it was like she needed that confirmation because he told me I'm there. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. 
So, yeah. and it's still, you know, something our family's healing. And my sister, yeah. he just had his actual birthday was two days ago. And my sister came home with a puppy and named it Ron. Oh, so, so now my mom's sending me these videos of the dog named Ron. I like, it's kind of funny they named him. Oh, that. it's so cute, you know? That's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's so powerful. And I think just such a testament to how there's so much more at play than we can ever understand in this 3D reality and in these bodies. And I think that's why there's such a call to us feeling so divinely connected to source and why people are really waking up to that now is because we're like, we know on some level that like all of that is so real and true. And when we're in our sleeping state and our conscious defenses aren't up, that's how they're able to connect and contact us, right? Because we're um, so much more open to to receiving that in those ways. So I personally believe all of that stuff is just so real. Yeah. And it's just so confirming. Yes. Yeah. And hearing the stories, which I love hearing your stories, and I love that we get to share these with all you lovely listeners. Yeah. Because you guys have your stories too. Yeah. Or, or maybe you're like, oh, I haven't had that experience yet, but I want it. And this mm-hmm. is planting in, in your field to say, oh, I can set intentions before yes. I go to sleep or – you know, and allow myself to open up to to these dimensions of life yeah. that that exist. So, and I'm curious with with all of the people that you support, what do you find is, you know, so or actually, let me take it to this. You said something that you l- would love doing is you would take esoteric concepts mm. and then you would bring them into. Would you say tangible? Yeah, like real, raw, relatable, tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Making so, it really real. What's your favorite or one of your favorite esoteric concepts that you just mm-hmm. love? Okay. So I love this. And this is – I did a full episode on this and people really love this. So uh, I'll I'll share this specifically. So the reason I teach spirituality from this lens is because I think it makes it – for people that maybe question a lot of the woo stuff, it kind of bridges that gap. And I speak to those people specifically because I was one of them, right? So oftentimes we speak to to the person that we used to be. And so from a psychological level, I really understand people that are like waking up, but kind of like, ah, I don't really know if I believe in the angels thing, or I don't know if I believe in. And so for me, a, a concept that's I questioned was this whole 1111 thing. Right, like where you see an angel repeat- number, angel numbers, yeah. right? You see repeating numbers, and and this was a big part of my journey where I, well, I'll, I'll share a story, and then I'm going to share how I broke it down. Um, but I was listening to, I think it might have been Gabby Bernstein. This was like four four years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I ask for a sign. I always ask for a sign, and I was someone coming from really pushing away from religion as a child, I lumped spirituality in with that. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm atheist. Like, I don't believe any of that stuff. And that really didn't serve me after my father passed because then I had no framework or belief outside of myself or connection, right? So I had to really develop that. It wasn't like I had this belief of where he had gone. It just made me angry at the universe. So I was kind of like crawling out of that hole and like had to repattern and create a relationship that I didn't otherwise have. And so... 
in some of these woo-woo concepts of like, you'll see repeating numbers and it means your angels are with you. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. You know, like that was like kind of pipe it, Janet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, right. And um, or like asking for a sign. And so I came from this space of like really testing these things because I was I wanted them to be real, but I was like jaded as hell, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I was super jaded. Um, I'm not like that now, but but this was my process. And so I'm listening to Gabby Bernstein and she's like, yeah, I ask for an owl. And, you know, then I always see the owl. And I'm like, that cannot be true. But okay. Because I'm like really <laughs> – Okay, Gabby. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I'm like really wanting it to be true, right? Yeah. But I'm like really dismantling a lot of my own judgments around this – like that world, right? And so – I'm like, okay, so that I can't manipulate it, I'm going to also say an owl because I don't see owls anywhere, you know? Yeah. And when you're asking for a sign, I mean, it doesn't have to be like an actual owl. It can be like an owl on something yeah. or like whatever. No, it has right. to fly and land inside your car. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to say like, oh, let me see a dog like when I see those all the time. You know, yeah, like yeah. an owl seems – Let me see a blue sky yeah, dog. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like clouds, like grass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So I'm like, okay, an owl seems obscure enough. And so I walk outside, maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes later, and it's where I walk my dog every single day, and there's a parking meter, and I'm walking by this parking meter that I walk by every single day, and I look at it, and there's a painting of an owl. And I'm like, no fucking way. There's my owl. This is stupid. So then I get like kind of annoyed because I'm like, I walk by that every day. You got to give me another owl. Like I give me a different owl. So then That's this is. funny. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't want to believe. Like talk about so much resistance. Yeah. Like so much resistance, right? And so then later that night, I'm like, okay, if it's really real, show me an owl that I don't walk by every day. Like, you know. And so then I'm at my cousin's house and I'm sitting with on the couch with my cousin's boyfriend. And all of a sudden, he's just, like, scrolling on his phone. And then he goes, oh, my God, Rachel, look at this video. And he shoves his phone in my face, and it's a video of a baby owl. Like, da, 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 da. and I'm like, you've got to be effing kidding me, you know? And uh, and he takes it back, and I'm like, that cannot be real. And he goes, oh, look at this. And he shoves something back in my face, and it's a different video of a different owl. And I'm like, okay, I'm being mocked at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, and still didn't want to believe it. Like still, so again, so much resistance, which is just hilarious to me that I was I was in that mind space. <laughs> and so the next day I'm like, I speak out loud and I'm like, okay, universe, show me another owl to make sure this is really. Yeah, show me the 20th, 5th. I want to see, yeah, I, <laughs> I need to see 100 owls before I ever believe you, okay? <laughs> and, and this was a really, I think, integral part of my process yeah. of like the testing and the constantly being proven wrong because I – that that was a part of my spiritual journey of like really allowing myself to be cracked open, to surrender to the fact that, you know what, I don't know it all, <laughs> you know, and to let go of that resistance. But the final one was I said, okay, give me an owl within 24 hours in a very obscure way that I wouldn't typically get it. And otherwise, if you don't give it to me in 24 hours, then I'm going to like, no, this isn't real. You're giving him an ultimatum. I'm getting him an ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. And so – a whole day goes by, and I think we're on hour like 18 mm -hmm. now, 18 or 20. Like, we're getting up. To, and then I'm like, I'm, <laughs> like, I really want this owl because yeah. I really want this. And I don't see any more owls. And what the hell? And um, and I had a friend over, and uh, we're hanging out. He doesn't know anything about this whole owl situation that mm -hmm. I'm calling it. A new friend of the same one that showed you the video. 
Different friend. Different, different friend. friend okay. But just a friend that was like over. Um, and he, he and then he goes to his car and uh, he he's like, I, I got to run to my car to go grab something. I'll be right back. And when he runs to his car, I say, universe, please, I really want this to be real. And I gave you 24 hours and we have like two or three more hours left. Can you, you step please on it? show me an owl? <laughs> and he comes back down and he throws something on the counter. And he goes and sits down. And I go and look, and he's he had like a swisher sweet wraps. Yeah. Were, like a like a blunt? Like a blunt <laughs> I love that part out of the story. That was what he was going to get in the car. And, uh, and uh, he brings me the white owl blunt wraps, and it's an owl on the packaging. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh my God. And I start bawling and blah, blah. I'm like, I asked and you delivered. Like, you know, <laughs> as you shall receive. So, this is the, a very integral story in my like evolution and spirituality of like, I resisted so much. I put so much stipulation and yet still it, it delivered in some really beautiful, kind of wild ways. And so, this was what cracked me open to like, okay. This is so undeniable yeah. that clearly there's something at play outside myself. And to bring it back to your question to wrap that, round that story out, <laughs> of I still couldn't get myself to like, it's just my angels or it's just source, like at that time. Yeah. And so I had really gotten into like the subconscious mind and what I had realized with, with that and the way that I personally teach it is that we have something called our reticular activating system, mm-hmm. right? And our reticular activating system is designed in our brain to filter for and look for um, different things that we give it, right? And so if you are, it, it's it's the filtered lens in which we perceive the world. So there are millions of bits of information that are coming into your brain every single second, but you would go crazy if you were actually processing all of those, mm-hmm. right? So instead, your reticular activating system, depending on what it is that you are focused on in your life, filters out everything that has always maybe been there, but that you can't perceive of, yeah. Until you give it an intention. And so just like in that owl story, the parking meter I walked by every single day, I probably saw that owl mural every day. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have any meaning and I didn't really know, ever notice it because I wasn't actually looking for it. Mm-hmm. And to me, what that meant is that like people can say it's your angels. People can say it's source giving it to, to you. It's God. It's, you know, whatever. Or maybe it's yourself, but maybe it's all the same thing. Mm. If I'm given this mind and this brain and this body and this life to perceive of magic in the world, and if I direct and intend what I want to perceive of, and that's what ends up showing up in my life, isn't that magic? Isn't that spiritual? Isn't that a connection to the divine? Isn't that isn't that spirituality? Like, so I, in that, realize that, like, the way I teach it is like, yeah, you're seeing angel numbers, but maybe it's your angels or maybe it's you. Mm. And maybe it's a, you've set the intention to see 111 and so you're seeing it everywhere, but that doesn't take the magic away from it. That is the magic. Yeah. Look at every single thing that you intend of, you perceive of. Mm. 
because you are the magic. You are the angel. You are the source that is creating it all the time. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you want to perceive of and what do you want to create in your life? And so to me, that was magic. So I share that story to say that that's how I teach spirituality is bringing it back home to you. Wow. 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 That's so powerful. What do you tell? So when you experience these, then you call them manifestations. Yeah. Use that. So when you experience these manifestations, is there always still this element of surprise? Even though you know it's going to happen, is there that element of of wonder? How does that play in for you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people that teach manifestation, like, will say, don't be surprised because then you're not calibrating to the like, oh, of course. Oh, of course. And like, while that very well may be true, it's just not my experience of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Mariah's saying, well, that's actually a crock of shit. <laughs> I know. That's what her face was saying, y'all. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, I recently, I, I had a mentor once tell me, like, don't be surprised when these things happen to you. Because I would get really excited. Like, yeah. I'm like always like a kid in a candy store, like still always a little surprised that everything is working out. And I know that. And who knows, maybe I'd be an even more master manifester if I was like, yeah, of course. Mm. But like, I am just not someone that like thinks I have it all in the bag all the time. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't think I ever will be. I think they have like a certain level of just kind of humility to this whole thing that yeah. I'm like, I don't fucking know. This all seems magical to me. And I'm all still, I'm still crazy surprised by like every single time yeah. stuff happens. And I, I don't know, personally, I don't really want to lose that. Yeah. And so a lot of people teach it like don't don't have that element and like really recalibrate to like, of course this is happening and it's always on its way to me and da, da, da. And while like, yes, I do think it's really important that we surrender into the belief of like, this is going to happen and this is already mine and I'm, I'm worthy of this. I am this. I am this. Yeah. And yet, I don't know. I think it takes the wonder and the magic out of all of it. It's like, oh shit, look, it's here. Yeah. You know? And, um, a lot of the times with with certain things that I manifest, I don't even realize until after the facts that like, oh shit. I, w I was asking for this. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> this is something I wrote down. down. I want yeah. Yeah. So like I had an experience where I, I wrote every year I write down like things that I'm manifesting and I had a really big year in 2022 um, and I had written down something in like May of 2022 and then I looked or no, I'm sorry, May of 2021 and I looked back in May of 2022 and I had checked every single box of, like, all the things that I wanted, and I completely forgot about it. So I have a lot of that experience, too, where I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, and so I have to constantly be looking for and acknowledging what it is that I've created. And I think we have a tendency as a society to, like, go to the next thing and the next thing and the next yeah. thing and not stopping to feel it, which brings it back home to the somatics and, like, being present with what is true and what's happening in the body and yeah. um, also what's happening in your life. But, um, but yeah, a lot of times I'll manifest things and then realize I'm in the middle of the blessing. Mm. Yeah. Like, and oh yeah. I asked for this. I yeah. prayed for this. I was, this, I was, I, wa I wanted this. And I feel like with celebrating, girlfriends are so, fr girlfriends, friends are so good at helping with that. Yes. And that's what I found is like, oh, like, okay. Like even the launch for this podcast, I'm like, let's just make a fun big deal out of it and yeah. do dinner and like and and just having friends who celebrate you and who, who will then mirror to you oh wow remember that this was something you wanted and you're doing it. it's like oh yeah and like I think that's so important and then with the writing a list and forgetting I remember I did my 
first, I had a group program, my first group program that I was running and it launched June 11th, right? And I'm like, great, we're doing it. I was going through, you know, when you sit on your airplane, you're like, what do I do? I'm not, I don't feel like having Wi-Fi. And then you end up deleting pictures. You're yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. organizing like your whole life. Camera roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2017, yeah. you're like, oh shit, I remember that. You need to hide that photo. Yeah, no. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was looking through my notes and right. And, and it said, in the like what I desire, it was like, you know, when you you future pace, you write it as if you already have it. Yeah. June 11th, the year prior, same exact Chills. day. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, I will, you know, I have a successful group program. Mm. And I completely forgot. I wrote, forgot. I wrote that in my notes. Wow. And also the dream that I had that I've shared with with you guys. I I um it's funny because I had wrote in my notes that my ego wrote, I just want to see this crash and burn, like a really like my ego, my the anger like about a relationship. And that then afterwards I wrote, Holy invitation, how can I expand my heart? Mm. And it was just a prayer, it was just an intention. And that was like a few months of just a couple months prior to the most profound dream. Yeah. All connected, right? And then we we can track back and say, oh wow, I feel like this is opening up to the conversation of the power of intention, the power of declaring, the power of saying, hey, this is I'm actually going to admit or surrender or voice or share this is what I I, I want. My soul wants, not my ego wants. We could do a, probably a whole episode on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a whole other thing to differentiate about. But yeah, it's Oh, it's just, it's really powerful, the power of intention. And mm -hmm. I think it's so underrated, like mm -hmm. really declaring what it is that you want, setting the intention for it. Before I do anything, even this podcast, I sit with myself for five seconds and tap in and say, okay, what is my intention for this? And it completely changes and directs the entire experience, yeah. honestly. And um, if we really understood, like really understood the power that it is that we have to create and co-create, in our lives, we would never miss a moment yeah. to set an intention and yeah, to direct, mm. to direct the experience ultimately. And that's so good for um, relationship conflict as well. Yeah. Like if you, you know, when, when you're going into a conversation and say you want a certain outcome or whatever, coming back to like, okay, before going into this conversation, what is my intention? What do mm. I, what do I want to see and what, what do I want to, what frequency do I want to operate at? What do I want my thermostat to be set to? Because then that intention will carry and make, it makes the biggest difference. Yeah. When people ask me like, okay, Rebecca, like, what do I say? Right. And, and I'm like, listen, I'll give you words. I'll help you with learning that because a lot of people don't know, like, how do I communicate what I want? Like, right. how do I, and, and in a way that lands or in a way that is supportive. But if our intention is, you know, well, I want to win or I want, or I want to be right. Or I want this. It's like, oh, wait, what if my, if I just you know, for, you may forget the words that we support you with and mm. you you just show up with the intention. It makes all the difference. Oh my God. It's so much easier. Yeah. Honestly, rather than having to like be robotic, remember, that's how I am when I speak on stage or mm. when I'm facilitating inside of a, a group or whatever, right? It's like, I don't script out all the things word for word. I instead like, I really tune into what is my intention? What is this energy? What is it? How do I want to show up? Yeah. And then what's delivered, then you get to trust that yeah. fully, you know, and I think it does. It makes it flow a lot easier if yeah. you can just come back to your intention. Mm -hmm. And typically the intention is always so much bigger than like, just like the ego self of like, what What should I do? What should I say? What should I, it's like, what am I here to hold mm. and create mm -hmm. inside of whatever container it is that I'm 
you know, creating and What's your human design? Manifesting generator. Manifesting generator. Yeah. What's yours? I'm a reflector. <gasps> Are you? Yeah. You're the rarest of them all. That's when nice. I first met Jules and I told her that she had tears in her eyes. Oh. My reflector. You know, Jules, oh. she's so sweet. Yeah, and she present. loves human design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does. <laughs> One time when I did get asked to speak and my friend Nikki Jade, she was like, oh, she, I'm like, did you just invite me because I'm a reflector? <laughs> I swear. I'm like, I swear you came. How do you come speak to me this? But I honestly don't know jack shit about human design. So, yeah. um, okay, wait. The, the reason I asked that, oh, it will come back to me. Okay. Hold space. So, okay, this is what I wanted to touch on. Look at the time first. Holy shit, it's already 4.20. We just went into <laughs> we went to a portal for like an hour. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's wrap. Let's – you can cut that part out. <laughs> You'll know. <laughs> All the time I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I know. What do you say like that? Yeah. I'm tired because you want them to be – Yeah, run it back. Okay. Um, tell us – about because I know you use the word angels and I personally read I, I love mm-hmm. angels I resonate with the word I feel them with me I feel them with me most when I'm dancing and I know for some people they like they have a, a religious connotation with it yeah. or and it just you know and uh, there's just like a, a wall and so I also totally get that um and I feel like there are messengers I feel like when we set, set intentions they hear them and they carry them to I would say um higher, you know, they carry them up, up to be heard. So what is, if you have any, when you receive signs from angels, what would those be? Or any, anything that you want to, any messages you want to share in regards to that and your relationship now with them? I would love for you to yeah. share that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're bringing this up. And I think it's a really cool conversation to have because how you're like, oh, I just resonate with them. And this felt right to me, right? Mm-hmm. It, I was the actual opposite you know, and that's why I always went the science route. And and to touch on your point of people that might be resistant to it, I was one of those people primarily because of the religious connotation with it. And so I had so much resistance to it until I began to break down the walls of the, you know, what I shared earlier with my experience of the signs, right? Where I had to I had to prove to myself that there was source outside of myself that was operating before I could be open to something like angels. Like I had to really dismantle my own judgments and belief systems around what w- what is true in order to be cracked open enough to then believe something that was maybe a little bit more ethereal or esoteric. And so now my experience of angels I mean, we can call on angels, we can call on our ancestors, we can call on that which is source consciousness. And to me, to me, it's simple in the fact that it's, everything is in and of itself and everything is really all one thing. So I think of, you know, I think of my father and my grandmother who are both passed on that could be angels that are with me. I think of like, you know, we hear about an angel team that can be guiding us and that, you know, is our angel team that's here on earth and that that can get so esoteric and weird for people. And I used to be somebody that completely judged it. Mm-hmm. But now because I've understood that I've been proven wrong, I've proven myself wrong over and over and over again, Yeah, that now I'm so open to so many more things because... I've been proven wrong in so many other capacities, right? That I'm like, maybe that is true. Maybe that is, you know? And so for me, my experience of angels is like, people can be angels. 
and messengers mm. and guides. And so a lot of a lot of the work that I even do here and like is bringing this down into the 3D. So like the very like woo out there, up yeah. there. Is it like it's all he- it's all heaven mm-hmm. that we can create now based on the love and the source that it is that we tap into. Yeah. We're always being listened to and guided because whether that's an angel or whether that's source or whether it's your higher self, whatever it is that reckon, you know, God, whatever, whatever uh, resonates with you. Mm-hmm. It's really all one collective thing at the end of the day for me. Mm-hmm. This is what I I see it to be. And so when something how do I put this? Like there is magic in every single moment and every single day, depending on how it is that we were perceiving it. So that person at the grocery store that says one word to you that like hits you in a certain way, like that maybe is an angel mm-hmm. that's coming to you and being a messenger, right? Mm-hmm. You're calling in and tapping into your highest self and tapping into the frequency of abundance that is automatically within you. And you're learning what is what is it that I'm creating? Like maybe that's that's angelic in and of itself of like you tapping into that higher source consciousness that is you or Mm -hmm. maybe that is you calling in Archangel Michael if that's something that really you know is um feels resonant for you but for me it's like where what frequency is it that I'm tapping into and how Mm. can I surrender and trust that I'm actually being guided every single moment and every everything that is created is exactly meant to happen and there's magic in in everything Mm. and it's all a message. It's all angels. It's all source and it's all perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, babe. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. I feel like too, especially if anyone's, you know, ever in like, like separation or fear or like feeling like they're so alone. It's like, oh wait, you can call like they're right there. Mm-hmm. It, or it, you know, whether it, whatever word resonates with you to allow, allows you to open up to that, to support you in your evolution, in your, your yeah. journey of school on earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a school. Yeah. So, Tell us, how can everyone stalk you, find you? You post yeah. awesome reels, you guys. I love her account, and that's where Thank our you. friendship started. Yeah. Um. So how yeah. can everyone find you? On Instagram. You? Come hang out with me on Instagram because that's yeah. primarily where I am, at Rachel Gibbler, which I'm sure you'll put in the show yeah, notes. Yeah. Um, and listen to my podcast called It's Fucking Spiritual. And uh, it's really fun. And I'm on Spotify, Apple, all the things. We did 111 episodes on season one. And I took a bit of a break, and we're coming back with season to fully produced and on video. So we'll wow. be able to actually connect. Um, so really excited for for that. And 111 crazy. episodes. Mm-hmm. So are a lot of them you or they're also guests? Almost like, all me. Wow. There's some guests, but it was not an interview podcast. Yeah. It was literally me riffing into, it was a microphone. I had a blue Yeti microphone, like the one that yeah. a lot of people start with, you know? And I was staring at a wall and then I got too lazy for even that. So I would lay in my bed and I would talk into my voice memos and I would text it to my producer and that's what we did I love that. and yeah i did 111 straight for a year and a half wow and then i i took about six months off did not mean to take six months off but it's what happened and you what know you needed the what break. i needed it was the break that i needed and now we're about to really come back and we'll have you on the show and stuff it'll I'm be really excited. fun but yeah awesome. come say hi Yes. Every, and so that link that she's referring to, their show notes she's referring to, you can scroll down below, click, go send her a DM, let her know what you love from the episode. And thank you so much, babe. Yeah. I love that we, this just happened so quickly and you came on and shared your beautiful magic and what you're doing in the world. And you just 
embodying what you're sharing and being that portal point of possibility for then people who are skeptics and people who are listening, not that, you know, people who are skeptical, I should say, that are starting to want to enter into this um, way of feeling, thinking and operating and for you embodying that and sharing that and showing up and being willing to be seen and work through your own stuff to yeah. get there and the the impact that has on our li- on our listeners and everyone else in the world and it's just so beautiful so I'm grateful thank you thank you so much for having me on this is a joy and you're such a light and I'm just yeah. so excited to continue to hang out and experience our friendship together and go fart around yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yay thanks thank May. you Woo! I hope you enjoyed the episode and you can find a ton more free tips on my Instagram under Rebecca Boatman. If you are curious about my online membership and community, you can click the link that is in the description and see the page that explains everything you get to support you on your journey to attracting and building a healthy relationship. And I hope to see you inside.